Hello and welcome to the Deep Gym Podcast. My name is Sean and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boff, Mr. Boff, my man. How are we? Sean, it's great to be with you. Likewise. <laughs> how, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, um, I cracked the code from last week on the old coffee thing. Um, remember how I was tired, but I didn't know if it was because I had too much or too little. It was too little. Yeah. I, I've now figured out I have to drink multiple coffees otherwise my brain's just like we are not at a baseline yeah i'm on two a day at the moment yeah yeah gotta, like gotta get those numbers up oh man <laughs> me and the numbers we're up uh yeah it's probably too much especially because i did try after i finished my degree two months ago i i was obviously in the in the final stages of that degree was like relying heavily on coffee mm. like, you know two or three a day and i was like all right now I'm putting, drawing a line in the sand, putting my foot down. I'm just going to have one day. And for about two weeks, I was absolutely succeeding. Mm. And then I just slipped into it. Get a coffee on the way into work, get a coffee on my afternoon break, and then all of a sudden, I'm conditioned and, and I need it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy for me because whenever I go into the office, just free coffees and you can just chuck them into the fucking syringe and just have yourself on a drip for eight hours and it just works. Um, but yeah, it must be pretty rough if you, if you're looking at your budget and it's $5,000 a year just for fucking bean juice. Yeah. But at the same time, like life's there to be lived. It's kind of why I'm <laughs> against like budgeting too hard because mm. if you want to drink a coffee, you should be able to drink a coffee. I mean, obviously to an, you know, within, within reason, but eh. life's there to be lived on my budget. I have a column or as a row. Yeah. It's a row called Uber Eats and a row called Saturday nights. Are you really, you have a budget? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and every I'll send you a link the Australian government made like a template that you just literally just go phone Netflix and it's it's a way to look at things no, I don't know if I want to look at things through yeah it's pretty grim prism. it's pretty grim once you, once you tally all up your fucking bills you're oh my god what a mature conversation we're having but you go oh maybe I don't need Pokemon cards that cost more than $20 I gotta figure out how much my bills even are I don't even know how much my bills are yeah, I don't know how much anything ba- is baby just, steps huh? I just pay it as it comes along <laughs> yeah that's 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 chaos yeah but it's organised chaos and uh, it's also kind of like what like what I don't know won't hurt me, mm, you know, mm, mm. or like willful ignorance. Well, if you've if you've come this far, then it probably works. Mm, I, I mean, like yeah, it maybe doesn't work. Well, but we need a bigger sample size. We though, do need right? a bigger so sample size. Yeah, come come back in five years. But I've just never made enough money where it makes sense to even budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but you had a netball story, I believe. Would you like to share with the group? Wow. <laughs> Tick that one off in the run sheet and story. Um, well, a few weeks ago, two weeks ago to be exact, um, Nepal on a Wednesday night, as per, and I'm in the same, I'm in a team with, among other people, friend of the pod, Aless, mm. and we, we played juniors basketball together from approximately 2011 to 2015. Um, and also played, you know, like, like, like every weekend we're playing together at school lunchtime. So we kind of have a very good synergy, Mm. just basketball, netball, doesn't matter. We, we understand what the other is trying to do. Mm. It's really wonderful. It's kind of like a Stockton and Malone. I was just going to say a Stockton Malone, but none of the personal life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more like a Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, but none of Amari Stoudemire's personal life. Maybe just like our own thing anyway because we can be far less problematic than any NBA players um, anyway a couple of weeks ago we just couldn't get we couldn't get going like mm. I was playing goal defence I usually will play 
in the mid-court or in attack. Um, I was playing goal defence because we needed someone back there. And that kind of limits my ability to pass to him. But nonetheless, like, still trying like, some early hit-aheads, still trying some lobs. Uh, him sailing off the baseline and me just kind of floating in there. We really couldn't get on the same page playing. Mm. And then, then there was a moment in the, in the game, like late in the game, it was like reasonably close game. And I've just flown from one quarter of the one side of the quarter to the other to like knock a ball out of bounds, mm. and I've kind of come over and like leaped and like swatted it out of bounds. Obviously, the other team gets the ball back, but it was a good looking play. Mm-hmm. And then he has the nerve to trot over to me, and he yells <laughs> out, "We've got the numbers." try and tap it back in <laughs> and I was like okay and then a few plays later when there was like a bit of a lull I kind of like walked over here and I was like try and tap it back in what are you talking about you're a full stretch I was like that is extremely hypercritical I'm just doing the best I can this is all uh, yeah, the tongue was fairly planted in the um, but he was like oh I didn't mean it. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry oh and we were just like look we couldn't get on the same page. You're criticizing me where you don't need to. Mm. Like, what's going on here? We're just not yeah, yeah. aligned. Yeah, yeah. And then last week, he didn't play. Uh, and he was grieving from that lack, friend- lack of chemistry. <laughs> I think he was doing something with the uh, the hugs and kisses. Um, <laughs> but our friend of the pod, Lucas, filled in for us and did an absolutely uh, bang-up job last week. Mm-hmm. But then last night, last night back on the same, uh, back on the same court, and I said to him on Tuesday night when I saw him, like, I'm, I'm, I don't care what happens, I'm making us on the same page. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. are getting this absolutely right. Mm. And boy did we ever, <laughs> boy did we ever like lobs, little like baseline cuts, like little like using someone else as a decoy and then flinging it back in. Mm. I had a really wonderful like split two defenders bounce past to him directly under the rim which he just caught in stride and did like a little basketball <laughs> a little floater yeah yeah um, it was wonderful it was really <laughs> really nice um, yeah and then there was an absolute gronk playing centre for the other team that both of us were just kind of like scoffing when he did something absolutely laughable during the game and then we caught up after and had a little like little powwow about how much of a gronk that guy was and how nice he is to be back on the same page so unless uh, if you're listening this one's for you brother <laughs> pull one out um, don't actually I am a tenant not a landlord um, but pull one out episode 162 dedicated to friend of the program um, <laughs> <coughs> and what better episode uh, than yeah. one totally not related to him at all yeah. uh, is where you know we're, we're getting into the depths of the off season which you know most free agents have signed uh, outside of training camp deals, I believe there are 102 players signed to NBA contracts, um, which is significant for the fact it is three digits and no other reason. And so two of those free agents who haven't signed are Miles Bridges and Montrez Harold. Now, these two guys are not not signed for their basketball abilities, is for their off-court uh, actions. And I, I think it's, it's worth having a conversation here because these two guys are... You know, despite everything, really good at basketball, and they, if nothing, if nothing had happened off the court, they would have been signed on day one, maybe two, maybe three. So these dudes are not going to play basketball. It's looking like, and because of that, um, 
you know the the Charlotte Hornets, which unluckily for for them, these two players just happen to be on their roster. But the Charlotte Hornets are going to be missing out on two sizable chunks of talent. Um, and so let's just have a chat about it. Talk about you know what's the historical precedent here? What's been going on? What's going to happen to them moving forwards? And and do you want to kick us off? Well, I think to kick things off with the Miles Bridges um, case, and I mean that. <laughs> in a broader sense not his legal case uh, which we will get to I don't think there is a historical precedent for mm. for a, a player who was A. a free agent and B. in line for um, for a big payday a, a huge payday like Miles Bridges was probably going to be clocking in at 100 mil like at a minimum yeah at a minimum yeah uh, whether that's over four or five seasons you know mm. he, he's a around about that that level of player and considering Charlotte's dearth of other options and his relative youth either they or another team would have dropped the bag for him um, obviously uh, we've said this before um, but it seems pretty obvious that he did it so he's been accused with, uh, accused of um, felony domestic violence mm. um, obviously felony is the really bad one where you can go to prison um, and looking at the photos that his partner or his I don't know if they're still together his partner or ex-partner had uploaded um, on social media is absolutely horrific and her face is just battered and bruised seems quite obvious that he's um that he's, that he's done this. Um, so he could really go to prison and mm. hopefully he does go to prison mm. for a long time. Hopefully he sees the rest of his 20s out in a cell um, because that's what a person like that deserves. Um, and obviously that's not the first time that that's happened because his partner has said it's not the first time. Mm. And if he is allowed to remain out in the world, it probably won't be the last time that happens either because this sort of stuff tends to be like, behavioural rather than like oh it was a one time thing I just absolutely smashed the mother of my child's face in won't happen again like that's kind of not how that exists Mm. um, in the world so hopefully he goes to prison Mm. so yeah so for the three charges of domestic abuse to which you know we we should say that he has pleaded not guilty to um, the maximum jail time is just over 11 years I think it was 11 years and 8 months Um, I don't know the American legal system and I don't know honestly the Australian legal system to know what would happen if it's one one charge or two charge or three charge but you know if, if he's done it and if he goes to jail because he has done it, then he's definitely going to miss some time on the basketball court. And on a basketball point of view, uh, I, I think there's... Well, let's let's just talk in a broader sense. There's there's three possible outcomes which could happen here. Um, the first one is he's found guilty and he goes to jail and there is no... Well, what's, I was going to say buyout, but what's the term? Bail? There is no bail limit that a multi-millionaire, <coughs> a multi-millionaire sports well, player and bail could pay. And bail only applies after the charges have been made. Okay. So he's already paid. He's already paid bail. If he gets, if he actually is found guilty of something, like you just go to prison. Okay. 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 Um, you then go straight from the courthouse to prison. <laughs> so he's he's either goes to jail, and then obviously there is no you know there's no basketball jersey to be worn. Mm. Um, he doesn't go to jail, which we'll get to, or um, he goes to jail, and then maybe it's like a it's a light a light sentence where. 
you know, honestly, he would he would be a free agent like twelve months from now, something like that, mm. whatever it may be. Um, I think if he doesn't go to jail, and I think there's there's a historical precedent here for Adam Silver really just laying down the law in terms of being socially right. Um, it's also a time in American sports where I can't remember the NFL player's name, but is it Deshaun Watson or mm, Deshaun Watson who was just suspended six games for doing something very similar? Is that right? Was that domestic no, abuse? No, he he. Um, he is a serial sexual predator with over <laughs> over thirty five. Uh, his whole thing was, he would go to massage parlors. That's right. And yeah. then, um, uh, uh, there's a better word than pressure, but um, mm. pressure okay. the women into um, essentially providing him sexual favors. And so he had over thirty five civil suits that were okay. used against him. All right. So I, I don't mean similar in terms of severity in the actual case, but I think but, similar in terms of the fact that he got a six game ban. Um, well, that's that's the whole way that they do that is fucked up. <laughs> um, but that might that might end up getting raised. Um, because, but I think there was some backlash to how it actually just got to six in the first place when it should most obviously be higher than that. Yeah. So the way that they've done it over there is that the, the NFL essentially like outsourced the investigation, um, to like, to a, a, a former judge, um, who like weighed up all of the evidence and then suggest it's a recommendation that it be six games mm. um, and then the NFL had the option to accept that um, and just suspend him for six games or they could basically say actually we want to do it for we want to give you a do much for much harsher sentence which they have elected to do mm. um, so it will end up if the NFL gets its way it will end up being um, much bigger much bigger uh, which is good because the NFL more notably than the NBA has really struggled with domestic violence stuff um, and like sexual violence from its players over the last 10 or so years and some people in the NFL have done absolutely horrific things that far eclipse uh, what Miles Bridges appears to have done um, which is really saying something um, and they've struggled to figure out mm. how mm. to handle it to the extent that like uh, there's a guy who um, uh, a receiver who plays in the NFL who like over the course of like three or four years missed like got suspended for like 25 games and mm. they play 16 games a season so mm. he's getting suspended for half the season every season mm. um, for drug offences because he just was repeatedly smoking pot and was like a, was like you know um, in and out of rehab for smoking pot mm. um, and you know Deshaun Watson's was recommended to get six games for that. So it's completely disproportionate. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's a that's a tangent. Okay, cool. Um, so so going back to my point about Adam Silver, like I think one of the one of the benefits of following the sport that we do is that Adam Silver has, I think, done the right thing when it comes to every social justice issue that's come across his desk. Um, broadly. Broadly, uh, outside of Don't mention a, China. outside of China, yeah. Um, so I think we can, you know, we'll be pretty comfortable in saying that if he doesn't go to jail, Adam Silver would penalise him in, let's say, a, a strong way, whether that be a year or longer suspension. Yeah. Um, on the contractual side of things, Charlotte did extend the qualifying offer before his arrest. I think that was done just before free agency actually opened, which was still legal. Um, his qualifying offer, whatever it may be worth, you know, just just under ten million dollars would make him a restricted free agent, which he was, but then obviously Charlotte didn't offer a, a contract once this um, 
this information had come out. So he this this came out, I think, a couple of days before free agency opened as well. So the timeline does line up there. Um, and the Hornets have released a statement which is full of just like legal speak and PR talk where they pretty mm. much, they essentially said, let's just wait and see. Like, you know, if he's not guilty, then obviously he's not guilty and we can we can move from there. Um, but despite all that, they haven't pulled qualifying offer. So I have no idea what, what the actual... What the ramifications are there for the cap? Um, obviously, we're speaking very much about the basketball point of view, which isn't the biggest point of view in this case at all. Um, so I don't know whether let's. Uh, let's there's there's so many random figures I'm putting out there in terms of jail time or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. There is there is no contract offered, um, and as far as we know, since he hasn't been found guilty, all 30 teams could offer him a contract. Yeah. The realistically, the only like there are three like broad. One is that he just goes to prison for Mm -hmm. a long time and this is all moot because he's in prison. One is that he is found not guilty on all charges and he's released and then that spurns a whole lot of like ethical questions about like what Tim's going to do but he can then in theory accept the qualifying offer and negotiate negotiate, um, either with Charlotte or another team and Charlotte Mm -hmm. will retain match rights as is their right um, as the team that has him on a restricted contract. The one that really is the most nebulous and probably the most likely outcome is that he maybe goes to jail for a little while. Let's just say the number that he threw out a year. If he goes to prison for a year, what happens with his cap hit Mm. for this year? Because the qualifying offer has been extended but it hasn't been accepted. Mm. So could he, in theory, accept the qualifying offer and get paid $10 million to be in prison? Or would that then be that, would that be frozen? And when he comes out of prison, he'd play on the qualifying offer or be able to negotiate? Or does it get completely voided? Mm. Because he it's been extended to him and there's got to be a deadline on when the qualifying offer can be accepted or declined like that. And, and then it just lapses mm. and he just becomes a free agent mm, a complete unrestricted, a complete unrestricted free yeah, agent yeah. who when he comes out of prison can negotiate with any team mm. um, and whilst more broadly the NBA is much more progressive than um, the N- the NFL and maybe even um, more sports leagues around the world um, I don't have much faith that if he went to prison just for a little while and was available for other teams when he came back out of prison that he wouldn't have like a bevy of um, offers on the table contract offers Mm. contract offers that maybe not approaching the numbers that he was going to get this year Mm. but that were nonetheless like in the mid teens on average annual value Mm. um which, which is, yeah, whether it's Charlotte or another team, that's the most, like, cynical outcome. Is that he is actually, <laughs> yeah. he is actually, you know, proven guilty of having done these terrible things to his partner and to, to his, his child, allegedly. Um, and then that, that ends up becoming, like, a bargaining tool for teams to say, we want you, but at a lesser value. And then instead of paying him 25, you pay him 15. And mm. you still get him. Um, just <laughs> has to be mentioned, he's a rich ball client. So... 
you could see a storyline forming once he if if that avenue does happen where he does go to jail for one year. Um, I said, one year also is like a completely arbitrary number that we're just like yeah. throwing out just as a hypothetical, and that kind of evaporates if he goes to prison for three years because at that point, like, it's crazy. He's twenty seven and mm. he hasn't played basketball in three years. Like, mm. he obviously would get another contract, but it would be like probably like a minimum contract yeah, yeah. at that point. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll talk about the the implications for Charlotte in a minute, but uh, the other player that's a Charlotte Hornets free agent unrestricted this time, also a clutch client, is Montrez Harrell, um, who was pulled over in May with, quote, three pounds of vacuum-sealed uh, weed. You know, they didn't use that term, but... Um, and he claims that the car was rented. Uh, his hearing is this month in Kentucky, and bloody blah bloody blah um, the maximum sentence for that, I've actually found out the information here, is that in Kentucky, it could be one to five years in prison, uh, plus a fine of up to $10,000. Um, and while this is still a crime, it is much lesser than the crime that Miles Bridges has committed, thus the lower penalty. I would just... Uh, I'm just spitballing with no proof and no ammunition behind me, but I'm going to assume he doesn't go to prison. Um, uh, you know, again, millionaire sports person. I'm sure if you're Best a judge, lawyer. if you're a judge in Kentucky, you would lick your lips just by looking at his salary the the uh, the year prior. Um, but what do you think this means for for Trezor's career? Well, I don't think that it, that it actually has any like long standing. Um, Ramifications. Ramifications, because the NBA is very lenient on like on you know the the smoking of bud anyway, because mm-hmm. they just like don't don't test for don't it since test the bubble. For it. Um, and even and even before like you know like when was the last time that someone in the NBA got yeah, suspended just, for smoking bud? Was it Larry Sanders? Yeah, which 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 would have been what like six years ago. Mm. I mean, like literally look at. Tyreek Evans team photos actually it was Tyreek Evans wasn't it was it like, yeah, yeah he missed he missed a year he suspended because yeah but, but was yeah. that for was that for Bud yeah you had to um yeah the rule was the you get three strikes yeah, yeah. yeah well he he he's he's obviously blazed his fucking team <laughs> photo Brand, you know Brandon Tiny Beast Ingram uh who we discussed in depth um must be on two strikes yeah, I mean, like, he, he obviously is a huge pothead. Just looking at him. Um, um, I'm just Googling the Tyreek Evans. So um, much. Um, the, the, the NBA is much more permissible. Uh, the, sorry, the, the use of marijuana is much more permissible than other offences to the NBA. So mm-hmm. um, he might be in line for like a suspension mm-hmm. um, because obviously the NBA doesn't like its players getting arrested. Um, but in terms of his like larger career, I don't think it has any issues. I did do um, I did do like a search to try and find like um, whether this is like obviously Montrez is like on the team, mm. but I did do. Um, I, he's a free agent. I thought he was okay. I didn't realize. That. I thought yeah. I thought that he was that he had one more. No, no, he's a, he's a free agent because okay. he signed the one plus one with yeah. the Lakers right after the Clippers. Opt, and that was he, he, opted, he, opted, in? he opted in or, or re signed okay, one year right. and then went to Washington. Well, I had a look at um, some other historical precedent of players who had committed like similar level of offenses in the offseason whilst they were free agents. Um, Alex Caruso, uh, a few years ago, got arrested for marijuana possession in Texas and he still plays in the league. Um, Nick Young had a similar uh, offence. The best one 
um, is um, a TMZ article from 2014, which is titled NBA free agent tased in the ass during insane bar brawl. And they, they, uh, they're advertising uh, exclusive details. Um, and the NBA free agent uh, mentioned in the article is a six foot 11 combo forward who played college basketball for Jim Beheim at Syracuse <laughs> um, and spent the majority of his career with the Sacramento Kings somewhat unsuccessfully. Any guesses? Um, Another clue is that um, Lucas has definitely mentioned him uh, in, in, in the context of a a 2K conversation. Like, players who are good to play 2K. Kevin with. Martin? No, nah. he's not 6'11". Nah, nah. <laughs> he's also significantly worse than Kevin Martin. Oh. Uh, uh, um, Simbula? <laughs> nah, it's, um, it's Dante Green. Um, and he was, he was having a, uh, a brawl with, uh, Jolon Dunbar, who at the time was an NFL linebacker, at Dream Nightclub at about 5.20am on a Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and they fired, they tased his ass. They literally tased him in the ass whilst he was fighting somebody else. Um, and the article is a great failing as it doesn't go into more detail on a, a, a quote from Green at the very end of the article. Mm. Um, where cops say he apologised for his actions, explaining that Dunbar, the other... Uh, man involved in the altercation had been after me for years since I got to the NBA he was beating my brother and I had to do what I did I want to know what's going on there this guy has been after you since you got to the NBA what, the what NFL is, player the NFL player is after him what does that mean what, what's the history here um, it sounds like something that's like like up TMZ's alley and yet it, they haven't they haven't really pulled on that thread which I was disappointed with um, but I, I mentioned those um, examples more just to the point of like, it'll be, um, he probably won't go to prison because he's got the best lawyers in the world because mm-hmm. he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll probably just pay like a large fine or mm-hmm. do like some other um, sentencing thing that won't interrupt his ability to be part of a basketball team. And the NBA might suspend him for half a season mm-hmm. or less. But his long-term prospects, like he, he's young enough that he'll still, you know, like have a, have a role. Yeah. But the whole kind of purpose of this broader conversation up to now um, has been to outline these two cases. But for the 2022 Charlotte Hornets, this is both of these examples are uh, quite dire mm. because you look at the roster that this team, who is supposedly, um, you know. And ascendant coming, young yeah. team with like an all-star 20-year-old point guard. Um, this team is actually awful. Yeah. This well, and also, terrible. do you remember who their head coach is? I literally was just thinking that. Um, um, so they signed Kenny Atkinson and then Kenny Atkinson reneged after winning a title with Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They immediately, ahead, ETC, ETC. immediately flipped around and signed Steve Clifford. Again, no, <laughs> yeah. no, you pull my chain. Steve Clifford, the the florist, the the florist of razors, the yeah. razorest of floras. Yeah, 
Someone who's not known for freelancing on offense and having the most free-flowing Someone offense. Someone who's just not known for offense. Who's not known for offense. And you've, got, you've got a guy... Well, you've got two guys in Terry Rogier and LaMelo Ball who, honestly, if you just give them the ball and tell them to do what they want with it, you might just have a good offense. And then, obviously, there's ways to upgrade that. But you mm. might just have a good, a good offense if you say, hey, LaMelo, just pass. Do you want to have a, have a guess at Steve Clifford's um, career winning percentage? He's coached Four, 40, eight NBA seasons. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Not not bad. It's forty. It's forty. Forty-six. Whoa. Um, now, in terms of <laughs> hang on, can I just say he probably made the playoffs with negative records while while coaching. Uh, yeah, he Ol- definitely. Orlando, he, they, he definitely, he definitely did. They he lost made the they playoffs in 2019, uh, 1920 with Orlando with a game. Yeah. Won a game against the NBA champion Toronto Raptors. So his <laughs> career playoff winning percentage is twenty four percent, which is bad. Um, would you like to guess the most amount of games he's ever won in a season? Forty. Nah, come on. Oh, really? What do you mean, like Vucevic years? <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 the Big Al Kemba Walker. They won forty eight. They, it's, that's exactly it. Bang on forty eight. <laughs> Fuck, I'm 48, so good. Forty eight and thirty four in two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, the big L resurgence, and then he got a contract. And where did he go? Yeah, he <laughs> he literally all star was all NBA. <laughs> all NBA. All, let me fact check myself, but he was all NBA. Um, <laughs> that was such a fun team in two K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just. Ooh. You just talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, no worries. Hey, Tiger. <laughs> Um, no, I'm almost, I'm almost certain that he was All NBA in 2015 and 16, uh, which is crazy to think about. Mm. That middle of the teens era had some like before you kind of got like Warriors. That before, well, before you got Gobert making it every year, before Jokic and Bead. It's like Marcus Giannis, AD. There's like literally like Marcus Ol, DeAndre Jordan, Noah, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan made All NBA first team once. Yeah, and like. Like Kawhi, KD, and LeBron are duking out for three spots or two oh, yeah. spots. The depth, the the deep, the ugh, the deep two. God, that's a mouthful. Anyways, I'm Marco, co-host of the Hey Daniel Gafford. What's the name of our podcast? The JVG NBA Tribute Show. Wow, I can't believe it's that easy. Thanks, Gaff. You probably know us as two members of Before Man We Plus Marco, but we know you as our next listener. Well said, Lucas. I gotta ask, how do we differ from the pack of basketball podcasts? It's a great question, Marco. You see, on our basketball podcast, we have two male co-hosts. Wow, truly groundbreaking. After this episode, stay on your favourite podcasting app and give us a spin. Um, was it that year or was it a different year that he was all... I swear to God he was all NBA. If you... Um, nah, he wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, go on. So Steve Clifford, not no, not, he was, he, he was, was 2013, 14, all NBA. Is that with Boston or was that with Kemba? Oh no, it was it was it was in it was in it was his first year in Charlotte. Yeah, he put up 22 points, 11 boards, two combined stocks, <laughs> and shot 50 percent from the field, which is actually quite bad. Mm. Uh, and fifty-one percent from two, um, which, which is, is also, also quite, quite bad. bad. <laughs> I'm out. You're seven foot. <laughs> You're also way two hundred eighty. He's bigger pounds. than everyone. Um, yeah. Anyway, Al, Al Jefferson, like 
low-key, low-key some big some big seasons. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so so the Charlotte Hornets have hired the the floor raiser that they're comfortable with um, in getting rid of James Brady. Better the devil you know in Charlotte. Yeah, which is so unfortunate because Lamelo is such a great freelancing player and he's a guy that you know could drag this team into relevance. But as it stands, this team was were they the ninth seed or the tenth seed? Whatever it was, they they lost in the play-in, couldn't make the playoffs for the second year in a row. Um, I wrote an article right after their season concluded saying the Charlotte Hornets need more than a jersey change, obviously coming from the fact that Lamelo will change his jersey number to whatever it may be. Um, and I was like, cool, you know, re-sign Miles, you've got quite a bit, good big tandem and just maybe like throw some offers out there, bring in maybe a better coach. I didn't really mind about the James Borrego thing, but you just have to do something to make a splash here because right now you just aren't going to go anywhere if you keep saying, oh, Mason Mason Plumley, yeah, we'll win forty games, we'll win thirty-eight, um, and all this team has done outside of re-sign a couple of key guys and draft Mark Williams is lose two of their better players. Um, now Montrose Harrell, I think he's in the past few stops he's sort of overstayed his welcome, um, and the team that has let him go has been, in my eyes, very happy to let him go. Um, the Lakers, uh, he obviously joined the Lakers when they had that disastrous season where they didn't play very well at all. Also, just not a great fit to play a non-defensive big next to AD and LeBron. Um, with the Wizards, he was part of that um, Wizards team that had shocking chemistry and, and issues uh, abundant. Uh, and then with the Charlotte team, it's just there, there were no reports that he was having a bad time, but I'm just... I just feel it in me waters that, you know, they're very happy just to say, oh, no, he's been arrested. Oh, he's not going to jail. Well, we just don't want that on our franchise. We're just going to let him walk in free agency. And obviously, he's been a free agent before. In fact, the last two seasons, he's tried to get a long-term multi-year offer or something, just some secure money, and he hasn't been able to do it. The only time he got the, the only reason he got that big MLE um, contract from the Lakers because he was a clutch client and obviously clutch runs the Lakers. So I I think Charlotte might use this as a bit of a scapegoat to not re-sign Montrose Howard. Mm. And that might be fine because they have actually a fine big rotation. Um, well, fine is a word for it. Fine it's is not, the word for it. Yeah. <laughs> They've got Mason Plumley, Mark Williams, who they drafted 15th, um, and prospects that I'm using that so nicely, but prospects in Kai Jones and Nick Richards. Um, feel free to not call them prospects because they weren't good in summer league. Yeah, but also, I mean, like, Montrez would would on this team and with a Steve Clifford uh, coach would have spent time playing the four. Like, that's mm. just a fact. Mm. So if you expand that, their big rotation to include in the fours as well, um, it's PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniels. <laughs> PJ Washington's definitely an NBA starter. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's 100% He's your fourth or fifth starter, but I'm, is. I'm stopping it there. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Jalen McDaniels is not yet an NBA starter. So between all of their like five bigs, they have one starting caliber player. Mm. Um, and then Gordon Haywood profiles as the second best player on this team. Gordon Haywood, he of the repeatedly um, breaking <laughs> down body as he gets older and older. Um, and, you know, he, his time in Charlotte has been moderately successful when when, when he plays he's played um, 44 and 49 games in the last two seasons Mm. Um, obviously one of those was um, the COVID shortened it was the COVID shortened season Um, but that's not really very good (laughs) and then the the backcourt is Lamelo Ball who was an an all-star in the east but would not have been an all-star in the west Mm -hmm. 
Um, also very young. Yeah, no, extremely young. But like, Lamelo is not like a like a blue chip like um, this guy is ready to like single handedly. You know, he's not like a young Dame or like a young Steph, where it's like this guy mm. is ready to drag his team to forty five wins just by being there. I I don't view Lamelo that way. Mm. And then it's Terry Rozier who has his flaws is so appropriately paid at like yeah, 18 mil. But Terry Rozier is like not a top 16 not at all. guard in the league yeah. or point, you know, starting, starting point guard. On a championship team, he might be like Peyton Pritchard, like that sort of role yeah, coming off it, the bench. Exactly. And he's getting paid way more than Peyton Pritchard. Which is fine. Like he, he deserves the money that he's getting for the role that he's playing on this team. It's just that for the team to be better, his role would need to be minimized and minutes allotted other way. Exactly. Mm. Like, yeah, he, exactly like you just said this this team doesn't have any talent and mm. their their prospects like you mentioned before like they drafted Mark Williams 15th overall after um, let's, being, let's stay positive <laughs> after being part of the the draft day rigmarole fuck around mm. that involved New York and Detroit as well they ended up with Mark Williams um, and then they've got Cody Martin who's also like 26 or 27 um, despite being in his third year. And he's, he just got paid. Jalen McDaniels, who... You, uh, you already said, isn't very good at basketball. Well, I mean, he, he might end up being okay, but he, he's... 24 years old. He's also the classic, like, toolsy wing that can't shoot or dribble. Yeah, so, yeah. again, like, there's a, a, a ceiling on that unless he drastically develops his, mm. his game. And then James Booknight, who they drafted, uh, I think, 11th overall last year... Um, ostensibly as a Malik Monk replacement and who just didn't play at all. Mm. Um, so we don't know if he's good or not, but the fact that he didn't play... Um, I, don't, I don't think he was very good in, in Summer League. Yeah, so that's like... I was thinking about it today and I don't think that that's a play-in team in the East. Yeah. Well, looking, at this, looking at the standings, they were 10th and the Knicks and Wizards were just behind them. And when I say just, I mean significantly. Mm. Um, But I think both the Knicks and the Wizards are better than that team. Mm. Um, And the bottom three teams in the East will be trying to lose. Mm. Uh, And I don't see any other teams in the top 10 in the East falling down Mm. um, and out of the the 10 necessarily. Mm. Um, Yeah, look, I'll correct myself and say James Booknight didn't play a single game in summer league because he was injured. But yeah, it's it's super grim because as soon as you say, okay, well, we're not going to be one of the 10 best teams in fucking out of 15, then you go, all right, well, let's look to the other way. Can we tank? Maybe just get a really good draft pick. It's going to be a good draft coming up. Maybe we can rebuild. We've got Lamello who could fit with any player on the planet. What if you give him a seven-foot French dude? Um, but then you're like, okay, you've just hired a floor-raising coach. You're paying Gordon Hayward $40 million. Um, being 30 plus the 10 that you waved Nick Batum on, waved and stretched him. Um, you've got all these centres who might just be the 20th to 40th best centres in the league. Lamelo Ball, I think you roll him out there, like I said before, and your offence will be fine. And I think if you put the right pieces around him, your offence could be excellent. He's just mm. one of those players. Um, so no, they're not going to they're not going to tank better than the tanking teams, and they're not going to win enough games to win games. And mm. the second best player might be in jail for a decade. And it's extremely grim. And I think even if none of this Bridges stuff happened, I think they would still be a worse team than the Knicks and the Wizards who should be able to leapfrog them. Mm. Um, and it's it's just not looking good for the Charlotte Hornets at the moment. And you know, and just this Bridges thing is obviously terrible and just compounds their issues because 
they're so thin that a player who shot really well for the first third slash half of the season and was a favorite for most improved player before falling graciously back to earth he didn't just shoot you know 10 percent from the floor he just shot like a normal person and his averages went down um you're just you're arresting a max contract on a dude who's not worth a max contract and now he's he's not even a thing anymore so it's like this is would you say this is the most grim situation in the nba and I feel like we had this chat when we started the podcast a couple of years ago. Possibly. Do you, I mean, do you remember us calling Charlotte the most grim destination before they drafted Lamelo when they mm-hmm. when they just had Terry Rozier and they were one of the worst teams in the whole entire world? You and I were like, "This is impossible." Um, and I don't know that I think it's yeah that or Portland. Man. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty down on Portland. Uh, at least they've got. At least they've got a dude who's made an All NBA team, and like they they added Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I still and I still am am incredibly down in that whole situation. I, I'm I'm higher on Dame than you are. Um, but and like, Shaden Sharp might be a better prospect than anyone in Charlotte could even dream of being. Might be, but he also didn't have hasn't college. played. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't play. played since he was like 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't played since he was playing against someone who literally ha- like had to go to biology, biology straight <laughs> after the game. Um, yeah, it, it it probably is it probably is the most grim situation um, in in the league. And I, I mean, if 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 they had just spent a lot of money on bridges, like the that would be okay in the sense that like whilst his numbers last season were buoyed by the fact that he spent the first thirty games scoring twenty eight points a game, and people were like, whoa. Mm. Um, he ended up averaging you know like around around twenty and eight which is, you know, fine for mm. your second best player. Mm. Um, he probably would have done something similar, but I agree with you on, the, on the, the the idea that that would not necessarily have propelled him into the stratosphere, or not stratosphere, what's the <laughs> lower level of the atmosphere. Would not have propelled him to the level of a the team cl- like... Cloud cover. <laughs> like, like Atlanta yeah, yeah, next yeah. year would be better than Charlotte. And like... Cleveland, who ended up finishing just in front of them, would have been better. Mm. Will be better next year. Like mm. they, they wouldn't catch anyone. Mm. Um, but also, like I, I don't know. I specifically with the Bridges stuff, I think about this sometimes. Um, in terms of like Bridges, what he's done, what he's allegedly done is mm-hmm. so like so horrendous and as I mentioned before these are generally not the, not things that it's like whoa that was a complete accident that's a complete aberration I can't believe that he would do that like probably who Bridges is he's a misogynistic and violent person and I just wonder like what are the vibes within the team like more generally is is that an outlier that kind of behaviour it's probably not an outlier around the league because you know men particularly both wealthy and powerful men um, who can get what they want when they want essentially through prestige or money might you can see how they might develop attitudes like that um, but I wonder whether for the team there will be a like an addition by subtraction that like he's a bad apple mm. inside the team mm. and it's like whoa this guy was like a bit fucked and like now he might be going to prison and we can kind of like establish a healthier team culture and maybe that will have benefits mm. 
Or the more cynical outlook is that that is actually representative of the team culture mm. and more representative of like the culture of NBA players at large. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I think about from time to time. I, I get that point. And <laughs> to mention Portland again, remember when they were tanking and they had Damian Lillard and they said, hey, Dame, buy into the tank. We're going to get the greatest players to be around you. Like, just wait a couple of seasons. And he goes, yeah, awesome. Let's tank around. And they had Mo Harkless and Yusuf Nurkic was getting a chance. Oh, sorry, they had Mason Plumley at the time. They traded him for Yusuf Nurkic. But they had all these dudes that were just like weren't proven outside of Dame and they said we're going to be bad and then Dame is, you know you can objectively say he's a good leader and a really good guy and he just brought that team up they just found value out of absolutely nowhere like El Farouk Aminu broke out that year all these guys that had just never proven anything CJ one most improved player that's that, that's an awesome addition by subtraction where you're able to build this nice chemistry and build from the ground up and just find gems lying on the ground um, I look at this roster and I'm like PJ Washington is who he is and he might be who he is forever and that's yeah. a really good player but I mean just more I mean more like intangibly you know like I, I don't know maybe it's stupid to say that like that, that could have an improvement on like uh, I don't think it's stupid but I'm just saying like culture. who who's doing it who's getting better to help this team like in a in a more happier environment yeah that's true well I mean I mean Book Knight was a first round pick for a reason and that was when, when the pick was made he people were like yeah that's where he should have gone like 11 sounds fine mm. and Mark Williams wasn't necessarily being talked about as like a 15th overall pick but he was being talked about as a first round pick so mm. maybe they justify their draft pedigree and like break out but I mean early returns at least on book night are not promising and and like I said before I don't view LaMelo as the kind of like yeah in, incandescent like absolute comet that's going to take everyone along with him mm. at least not yet anyway mm. um like you would rather darius garland there or other young point guards yeah maybe maybe garland i'm thinking more i'm thinking more like i'd rather cade yeah you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. Or, or mobley like another like mm. first or second year player um i'd rather ant you know big jim yeah big jim <laughs> um like I, i'd probably rather have all of those guys mm. um yeah, he's yeah. I mean, like an easy way to say it is his ceiling is all star, not all NBA. And the thing as well is like like he obviously he obviously is such a special offensive talent, mm. and he's one of the best passers and facilitators and creators in the league, like already, mm. you know. Period. Um, but offensively, he relies a lot on jump shots, yeah. which doesn't always shoot efficiently, doesn't get to the rim, doesn't shoot free throws. So it's not like completely out of the possibility that like if he spends 35 games not hitting his jumpers, which players, like every player has had a stretch like that, mm. then all of a sudden his offensive utility is like massively, massively mm. decreased. Especially if the talent around him gets worse. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's difficult to kind of pass how sustainable that is going forward mm. um and yeah maybe he's maybe his ceiling is like a low level all-star in the east which again is another thing that's like whoa in the he's east. an all-star <laughs> um all right just just final thing to wrap up here dante it wasn't a half an hour podcast we're at 45 yeah. um but just to wrap up this this whole chat of you know talking about what's happening to these two two free agents and and just shitting all over the charlotte hornets um 
we often talk, and by we, I mean the basketball cognoscenti, where you, you hear about these teams that are struggling, but they have that star. Um, people often talk about them being on the clock and being like, okay, Carl Anthony Towns has five years and Minnesota better prove that they're, they're good enough now. And I wrote an article that you can read on the D2.com talking <laughs> exactly about that. But he, he's been a guy who's been who's been named where it's like he's the next young star who might be a big free agent. Um, and we... we People, again, not we, people have spoken a lot about Zion Williamson where he's a free agent this offseason, um, maybe next offseason, but he signed the extension with New Orleans and he says, I'm here in New Orleans, like it's going to be good, blah, blah, blah. Um, while not a unrestricted free agent, we might, if this situation stays extremely dire for two more seasons, and I, I'm, I'm higher on the mellow ball than you are. I think he can be an all-NBA point guard. Um, what if he's the guy, instead of Zion, who was anointed the first restricted free agent to pick up the qualifying offer, what if it is Lamelo Ball, who, you know, unlike Zion, who's surrounded by a really good team with heaps of picks to, to get better, this Charlotte team isn't. Um, do you, Could you see that happening? Like, do you think that might be, like, Lamelo Ball, obviously you've got the dad element there where his dad's a little bit of a nut job who might be in his ear saying, get out of there. Could Lamelo Ball maybe be the first guy to just pick up his qualifying offer and say, I'm gone in a year, get fucked? Well, I think I have two responses. Mm-hmm. He won't be the first because Colin Sexton's going to do it. <laughs> and that's that's different because it's not like the team would want him. I'm no, talking about he the would team be, that he, wants him. Well, he would be the first player to ever do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Would he actually? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. No, 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 like, like no, like, no lottery pick is ever like not extended by oh, taking the qualifying okay. offer to become... To become unrestricted and get like it's, 100 mil, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. never happened because, yeah, yeah. yeah because it, Collins Exxon at the moment, the offer on the table for him is three years 40, and his qualifying offer would be like one year seven. So, in terms of gross amount of money, like gross total income <laughs> left on the table, like yeah. you're leaving, you're, you're, you're taking an offer that's like 20% of what you're getting locked in. Yeah. So, that's why people don't do it. Um, I, I think if that was a realistic possibility for Lamella, we would have heard about it. By now, because he's going to be extension eligible in one year. Mm. And with someone like Zion, where it was like... Um, Started really early. It, he was drafted and people were like, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, he might be looking to take the qualifying <laughs> Like, Lamelo has seemingly has all the pieces in, in, in place for that because, like, he's, you know, like, he's, he's Lamelo and he's, like, loud and brash and he's got the swag and his dad's LeVar. Yeah. All of those things might point in that direction, but I think if that was really an option, um, that he would, we would have heard about it by now. And also, not to be all like fucking bleacher report about it, yeah. but MJ is the owner there, and I don't think you can overestimate the impact on like MJ being involved and like a twenty-year-old being like, "Whoa, I'm." <laughs> fucking talking to Michael Jordan every day mm. Michael Jordan is telling me like I want you to be the leader of the team like mm. I, I think that that probably does have um, yeah a bit of draw yeah a bit of draw and then Lamelo just says we'll pay the fucking tax yeah. and then he goes nah you're free and the thing as well is though the thing it's not like Charlotte has a history of losing their elite young talent anyway mm. I'm going to exclude Kemba because obviously that was his third contract anyway it was his third contract and he, he left because they fucking like it, was, it wasn't they like, wanted Terry Rozier well the, he, he left because they were like we don't want you rather yeah. than him trying to like force his way out they, yeah, like, they yeah. wouldn't extend him and then they mismanaged the trade anyway if you want to hear more about that you can go back to our June 2019 episodes uh, I think episode 17 um <laughs> But it's not like it's not like Charlotte has like history of like 
you know, Anthony Davis forced his way out and then Zion's talking, you know, people are like, what was Zion going to get out? Yeah. Because Charlotte has never really had the, the young talent <laughs> to force out. Anyway, yeah. so, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a precedent there simply because of, like, lack of lack of resources. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 just to cap that, I do think that if that was a realistic possibility, we're now a year away from Lamelo being able to sign a big max. So yeah. I think we would have heard about it if that was a possibility. I saying that, like, if they win fifteen games this season, and yeah, it's a fucking yeah. clusterfuck. Maybe that changes things. I, yeah, I'll agree to disagree because I think we are still a little bit shell shocked and just unsure of what's going to happen. Like you and I just had a chat about Miles Bridges and, and Montrez. Where it's like, what is going to happen? Like, is he actually going to go to jail? Is he going to be? Is this the end of his career? Um, and then all of a sudden, while you and I don't love the Miles Bridges being your second best player on a championship team, all of a sudden, instead of looking at it, scrolling through two K on your minor leagues, being like, oh yeah, they've got these two up and coming players. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, they've actually got nobody outside of Lamelo. So I think the noise, if it does exist and will start it will start once they start losing games. So right now it's just everything's so much up in the air. But once we get some more concrete answers, I think it's something to keep an eye on. And mm-hmm. shout out to you, listener, for reaching episode 51 of a mid-mid-off-season podcast because we could be onto something here, don't they? I sort of think I've just fucking found the hot take before it's happened. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just remember this episode. Episode one sixty two. So we can take credit for credit for this in three months' time, and when the report comes out, that's like Lamello, six six months. Give it a little bit of a away. Who's Lamelo's agent? His dad, Jermaine Jackson. Ah, oh, isn't that um? He's from Jay Z's agency. That's right. Yeah. Cool. But wasn't he? Do you have another? Did he have another link to? Was was rock, he like Michael rock, Jordan? Rock yeah, the Jackson Five. J- Whoa, is that that's that's the guy from the Jackson Five? Um, I'm struggling here. Yeah, Jermaine and his brothers. I, <laughs> I, I saw this thing. Where the fuck? Did Member I see of it? the Jackson Family. I saw this thing the other day that was like the Jackson Five when they were like first starting out and they went on like a talent show. Yeah, and they all went out, and it was like, um, what's like the what's the the, the sister's name, the one that had the nip slip, <laughs> Janet. Anyway, they all go out <laughs> and it's like, I'm Michael. Uh, no, it's like, uh, I'm Jermaine. I'm Janet. I'm Sarah. I'm Marcus. And then Michael Jordan, the youngest, comes out and Michael he's like, Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Fuck, this is, a, this is a train wreck story. We need to end up this. Um, Michael Jackson comes out and he must be like 6 or 17 and they all sounded like vaguely musically talented they were like you, you, I guess you got a nice voice and he comes out and he's like I'm Michael Jackson and just like whoa you're like this kid's this kid's got it like he's the voice of an angel and it's so sad that we only know him as the um, white faced plastic plastic surgery freak that you know like had yeah, nefarious rumors about him. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> hung his child like by his legs over a balcony and shit like that. Anyway, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that Michael Jackson had died. Yeah, it was in the Delgetti Street, um, the Delgetti Street schoolyard before school at like eight forty-five, oh, yeah. and it was a Friday. I remember. It actually might have been the last day of term. <laughs> anyway, I've got no idea where I was when he died. Um, that's just the age difference between us <laughs> might have been a bit before your time <laughs> um, yeah I'll keep that joke till I stop recording uh, Dante I'll speak to you next week it's been a pleasure